I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. I run hip hop by the numbers on Twitter. Use hip hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture. I am director of the Fifth Element. Why highlight Fifth Element hip hop? Knowledge and ringtone. Rap is back, bitches. Mm. Digging digits. Stack lineup today. <laughs> we've got, we've got a stack. I sent, I sent Charlie some of the the ones during the week. This is what we're, we're gonna be talking about this week. Baby Keem has three phones. Meek Mill got a new watch. G Herbo might have been locked out of his house. Stay tuned to the end of the episode to find out if he was. Drake didn't respond to Lil Yachty's text. And Kodak Black listed his requirements for a girlfriend. So you know, you need, this, you need to you, you need to go ahead and just unfollow that page, bro. Just, we just need to cleanse yourself. No, nah, nah, yourself. Nah, nah, look, look, man, look. These are these are the issues. We're journalists now. I told you we have to deal <laughs> with the news as it comes in, and so thusly. Okay. All right. Yep. Yep. Okay. Hi, man. How's your week, man? What have you listed this week? Uh, well, I listened to the harder they fall soundtrack uh great track listing great track listing coffee kid cuddy jay-z barrington levy miss lauren hill CeeLo, seal lakeith stanfield regina king jada kiss conway laura and Vula. like holy shit man it's well worth your time well worth your time jay jay-z and jada kiss i think dropped the best verses on here i felt like the jay-z and cuddy song was a little bit middling also thought the CeeLo song was a bit middling. I really would have loved to hear CeeLo drop some bars. I haven't heard him rap in so long. But uh, Lauren came in and picked up where she left off um, on King's Disease 2, uh, just talking about the ills of the industry and how she will never bend to them. It was it was amazing. Barrington Levy's song is smooth. Coffee song, typically brilliant. Very, very good project. Great, consistent energy. And I enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, definitely a Sunday afternoon kind of energy on that record i loved it uh megan megan sorry i always say megan megan the stallion megan something for the hotties so you may notice that most of these have freestyle in the title because apparently these were all recently released lucy's that megan fans have been demanding get thrown on an official project and it's 21 tracks but it's a bit svelte at, at 45 minutes it's not like she's you know not three four minute tracks I think it hits its stride at Megan's piano. She kind of floats in and out of this eat through piano beat, dropping bars like I run this, probably how I got to deal with Nike. I think uh, she treats these beats on here with disdain. And and by that, I mean, she just, she skates on them, man. She she skates on them. Mm. I'm not going to lie and pretend I liked every song on here. It's it's too long for me. You know, I think it's, it's, it's just too long. 21 songs is a lot. But it does what it sets out to achieve as a data dump of recent music. And it's got some great songs on here, some super solid tracks. I really do think it's well worth your time to dig through them and, and look for the songs that you really like because there's some bangers on here. Uh, Shall I Continue by Toby. Now, this is a three-pack from Nigerian-Canadian artist Toby, which is heavily on the exact type of energy that he's been giving in his last few projects. The opener with Ill Mind on production is a real slow burner. Uh, Toby's in his upper register on that. Then How Many is a is a really low-key, warm groove. And the title track is a great expression of his lyrical and rapping ability. 
and this is a great sampler of where he's where he seems to be at at the moment musically um i think it's amazing the beat when the beat kicks in on the title track it's it's intense so i think he makes really brilliant music i think that's totally worth your time uh ahmed anonymous dancing with my feet up so i actually interviewed ahmed anonymous uh in my i wouldn't say it's now defunct i would say my uh beauty of independence which is on an indefinite hiatus because of my worsening mental state that's probably the best way to put it which is really frustrating but i hope to get back to it one day but i actually did publish my um piece on i'm at anonymous and uh, the interview and uh, he said that in that that he was really aware of his own process and how that impacted his music and how he needed to keep a routine but more so than that how he had yet to fully explore vulnerability and insecurity in his music up until this project we mainly got some pretty up-tempo party music on this record he's diving deep into his own psyche and the world around him like tracks like uh, Tebanasu and Butterflies find introspection through narrative retellings and free association expressions. And he's a really funny person too. We get a lot of his personality shining through on tracks like Ghost and Party. I still think Inhaled is the best expression of his talent and ability. But to be fair, this whole album is a brilliant balance between revealing enough to endear him to us and throwing enough of a party to genuinely sit there in a the car vibing with him. And I think that's a difficult balance to strike. So that's a great project. And finally, Mick Jenkins, Elephant in the Room. Uh, I'm going to get a little bit deep on this because the name Mick Jenkins holds serious weight because his discography is now entering, I feel, into unicorn territory simply from the fact that he puts out deep, thoughtful projects that almost always hit their mark. And I think Elephant in the Room is just as evocative as anything he's done prior. The first track is titled Valley of Death and the second is Things You Could Die For If Doing While Black. And it literally just lists normal things that anyone would want to do, but which have an added degree of danger and even impossibility when you're black. Not to mention the damage that that fear causes your psyche. And this is how Mick Jenkins described the album. I think this is great. He says, This album is an attempt to address various unspoken personal and or general truths and how they have affected me and can affect those around me. From my strange relationship with my father to friendships that don't feel the same anymore the even more basic idea of acknowledging that I need help. We become accustomed to allowing non-progressive qualities and truths to occupy so much space in our lives simply by ignoring them or ignoring them despite them being right in our faces. I intend to face several of those dormant issues and topics head on in the hope that others can. So I think this is a really valuable outlook to have on life. Mick Jenkins turned 30 this year and what I've seen with the people around me over 30 is people can go one of two ways. They can hold the belief that they did enough living in their 20s that they now know exactly who they are and they hold no intentions of changing or practicing any introspection because why would they? You know, this is who they are. If you can't accept them as they are, they will violently eject you from their lives. I've been on the receiving end of that multiple times. Or they recognize that the hardest work is now to come. You address the glaring issues in your 20s, the ones that really need to be addressed with haste, like study, career, whether you want kids or not, whether you want to get married. But your 30s is when you start addressing things that make you feel uncomfortable, that might need huge shifts in thinking patterns and painful accountability. Things like your attachment style, your defense mechanisms, your vices, the patterns in your life that have led you to this point in your personality and how your persona must grow and evolve as you grow and evolve. And I relate heavily to the title and the concept of the album because there are some people that I've come across in the past few years that 
carry this elephant around with them everywhere they go. And every time it rears its head and starts destroying things in their lives, they just turn their back on it and start walking somewhere else, away from the carnage and away from accountability and awareness. And it's actually unbelievable the level of dissociation and avoidance some people can display. It's, it's superhuman. So as you can see, Mick Jenkins has created something special because he's sent me a long way down this existential analysis path. I was listening to it like the other day over and over and over again, just kept playing it back. Um, it's very listenable. You're not gonna you're not gonna feel like you're consuming a textbook. Mick Jenkins doesn't put out projects that make you feel mm -hmm. like you're really struggling through some sort of deep existential philosophical concept. It reveals itself slowly upon multiple listens. Like at first you're just kind of vibing, like this is really good, man. This is great. It's really chill. And then you listen to the lyrics more and then you're like, hang on a sec. And then you go and do a little bit more research and see what he said about it. And it just it's layered and it's just another fucking great project from Mick Jenkins. So shout out to him. But that was me, Charlie. What about yourself? Yeah. So I'll go to some good stuff this week. Um, yeah. So, so much, so much stuff. I've had to uh, shift some of it to next week. Um, started off with uh, J57 and Dylan, uh, 83 kids. Um, so if you're 83 kids, you might vibe with this, I think. Um, I mean, especially especially American kids, anyway. But anyway, um, yeah, they come through. I like J fifty sevens beats. Um, I've you know I've, I've, I've peeped him mainly. Uh, you know, hooking up blue on uh, some of this recent stuff. Um, but yeah, this is a nice little duo project. Um, Dylan come through really nicely throughout this project. I really enjoy that. Um, so just under half an hour, so it's not too long. Uh, you got Diamond D and Sky Zoo on come up. That's a amazing song i love that 83 kids with blue um uh the title track uh is it was real nice as well but yeah past that it's, it's some great stuff all around i love the i love the essence it gives um overall it gives that classic feel that classic hip-hop feel um but also just stay modern with it and uh, it's very reminiscing um and i like i like that a very much nostalgic feel to it and i really uh, definitely, definitely here for that. So shout to shout to both of them on that front. It's a solid project. Um, Lewis Parker, frequency of perception. Um, so I listed this dude just a little bit, you know, just surface level digging. Um, this guy's been around for like, <laughs> like since '96, uh, since his first album. Um, apparently, got signed to Massive Attack's uh, 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 offshoot label um, around that time. And uh, you 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 gather quickly, especially if this is your first. If you're like me and this is the first Lewis Parker project you've got into, um, it's clear that there's like a American British like battle here in in his own voice. Um, you know, sometimes he goes brother, but um, you know, thunder, but. And then he comes through like American as well. Like it's just it's so it's so weird. But once you get over that. Uh, once you get over that, you know, vocal, just unique <laughs> vocal pattern, um, there's some great stuff here. Um, you know, it's very, it's it's an hour, you know, so you know, it's worth it's worth staying. I feel um, a lot of the tracks that just have a real classic hip hop feel of like, you know, um, hooks that you know just stick in your ear, um, and you just really desperately want to hear live, so you could just like be with everybody else and just going theme for London Town, just just shouting that shout. Um, I'm really here for that. Uh, he brings in, he brings on any for this uh, on this one. I keep it on the low, which is very good. I love me so love me some any. Um, she says some 2019. Uh, she, yeah, she said, she mentions the year 2019. So clearly, this has been the work for a minute. Um, but apart from that, you know, you have um, 
John Robinson as well from Norm, All My Life. Listened to him, his project a couple of a couple of months ago. That was really good. But yeah, overall, it's just some really great hip hop right here. Um, a literal, I guess, underground veteran in that in that sense because he has some real just a a, a real thick catalogue of just uh, beat tapes and uh, just uh, just albums everywhere. Um, so yeah, man, he, he's definitely been kept, he's definitely kept busy over the years. So uh, you know, worthy worthy uh, 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 subject to get into one day. Uh, was it the Big Sean next? Yes, it was Big Sean and Hitboy. What do you expect? Um, love me some Hitboy. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, been the one of my favorite uh, producers in recent years. Uh, Big Sean. Well, I've I've, I've stated before. <laughs> I've stated before how I kind of ride for Big Sean more than most. Um, Big Sean, Stan. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> Chill out. <laughs> Calm down. Calm down. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, you know, and uh, so you know, I should I should like this project, and I do. It's okay. Um, it's just you know, it's, it's only an EP. It's just under twenty minutes. You know, what I mean, it's not t- nothing too, uh, too thick. Um, I like into it. I like the one. Um, I was really, I was kind of fifty-fifty on the on the features that were coming through here. Bryson Tiller and Lil Durk on Lower Tor- Lower Tor Fault. Don't know how that would work. Um, uh, but I think it worked. It was kind of, it was kind of interesting. Uh, offense or offense, offense or offense. Uh, with Babyface Rain, 42 Doug. Mm. Um, that's, yeah, yeah, some good stuff on here. You know what I mean? Um, I, I like his, I like his bar and what a life where he references uh, Jalen Rose. So that was a, that was a nice Detroitism right there. I, I really respect that. Uh, but yeah, you know, solid DP. Can't complain. You know, and uh, I feel, I feel like um, it, it's, it's not like Hit Boy's best work. You know what I mean? If you put it next to Kings, Kings these two, I'm just like, well, it's no contest, right? Mm. But you know, it's, it's, it's okay. It's, it's fine. It's, it's, it gets the job done. Um, Theon Cross uh, intra eye. Um, I'm I'm kind of pissed. I'm not gonna be able to see this guy live now because um, this this is absolutely crazy album. Um, so Theon Cross, uh, tuba, uh, led jazz uh, artists. Um, really just uh, amazing work uh, in the past couple of years. Um, oh, what was that project a few years ago? So, so clean. What was it called? A uh, fire. Yeah, from 2019. I was like the first. I was like the first taste of him I got. Um, real, just crazy, crazy uh, tuba work there. Um, this one's a little bit less on the tuba front. Obviously, you know, it's, it's there. It's it's relevant. Um, but it's 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 so much deeper than that. Um, you know, uh, he's got he's got roots with um, Shumba Masai, and uh, that's just super, just Afro. Oh, just the lyrical content going on in there. It's so repetitive and it really just digs into your face real nice. Uh, the spiral comes uh, comes right after that. So nice. Afronaut Zoo and 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 say on that one too. Uh, play to win with consensus. Um, it's like a uh, it's got this like a free freestyle just a uh, uh, free for, what's the free form poetry kind of thing going on there. That's really nice. And uh, yeah, just throughout the project, it's like alternative uh, electro Afro B, and then uh, there was like a there was one track that had like a you know just electro uh, had like dub elements in the background just seeping in there. Oh, it's just crazy. It's a it's a crazy uh, it's, it's it's such a crazy listen. Uh, real unique and uh, jazz scene this year. Guarantee that. Um, just under forty minutes, ten tracks. So you know it's relatively edible. I feel. I feel. Um, and the features just really help it and really elevate it. 
Um, so yeah, shout out to Dion Cross on that album, superb. Uh, Erica Cody, Love and Light. Um, you know, just another, just one of them artists. I just wanted to, just wanted to spin. You know what I mean? Just, I haven't, heard, I haven't heard Erica Cody before. Uh, saw someone, saw I think it was shout out to Wordplay Mag. Uh, shout out, shout out her out. They do. Um, they always do a, like a playlist and uh, you know or, or like a non-rotation playlist kind of thing. Um, and yeah, I just saw I just saw Erica Cody come through and I was like, hmm. Well, we'll get into that conversation. I just saw the I just saw the artwork and I was like, yeah, go on then. Um, so yeah, this is a five-track little five-pack, uh, fifteen minutes. Um, just real nice, real nice modern R and B. Um, but you know, it, it kind of it, it changes up a little bit on the last track, Gratitude, and especially Queen as well. Um, the first few tracks, Love and Light, Good and Goodbye, you know, firmly, firmly R and B. But um, you know, Queen, uh, you know, just just goes a little bit left on that front, on the production front. Um, and you know, she's coming through like talking about Queens. I love it when women talk just big up women. I'm 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 really vibing with that recently. You know, uh, Lil Sims's woman. Um, you know, just being a, a a highlight on that front. But yeah, I'm I'm really here for that. I'm really here for that. Just positive energy uh, that um, some female artists are giving to other females that listen. And I'm I'm here for that. It's it's, it's really respectable and it's just good music. I like I like the Queen's probably the best track on here. Um, so shout out to Erica Cody on that front. Uh, next up is uh, Swindle, the New World. Oh gosh, this sounds. I've I've been waiting for this album for a minute. Um, there's been so, there's they, let me just give let me just throw off this feature list right. So you got my boy Joel Culpepper, a friend of Five E, amazing voice, guaranteed. Maverick Sabre, guaranteed, uh, uh, elite voice. Green Tea Peng coming through, you know what I mean? New artists right there, you know, just new blood coming in. Got Koji Radical, Nux, Gets, and a Carla on one track. Um, and Koji Radical on that one too. Poppy a Jude uh, a with um. Uh, come come through. She has a ni- real nice, uh, you know, ja- come come from vocal jazz roots, but she comes through with daily on here and darkest hour bangs. Loyal Karna, Ju- uh, Junior Williams, uh, oh, Joy Crooks on how I've been uh, floating with Junior Williams. Oh, just this this album's so freaking crazy, man. Um, it's uh, these people come through several times in the album. It's only thirty three minutes, but it's so replayable. Um, yeah, I've I've been seeing pictures of, the, of like these uh, these guys' sessions and Swindle just like you know uh, hosting it basically. Um, I've I've just been seeing pictures from like Lord Connor's uh, IG, Joel's IG. Um, just seeing everyone just in that in that room. It's just one of those moments where you just want to be in that room and just see what kind of shit they're cooking up. And you get the album such as this with Swindle's elite production coming through of like. You know, uh, a lot of horn work, but just real nice floaty production. Uh, regular uses keys. You know, just just a lot of instrumentation. It's it's just so unique every time, but also really cohesive at the same time. I lo- I love that. Blow your trumpets a highlight here. Um, you know, it comes through as like a <laughs> it's like a Mario a- addition to it, like in between verses. Uh, it's like it's so. It's so gamery, um, and it's like you know, player three enter the game, and then like, they, and then everyone just gives their best verse. Um, but yes, yeah, I, I love this album. It's absolutely crazy. Um, you know, some great um, past. You know, the bar in on blow your trumpet. Uh, past that, there's just some really just great vocal work all over this. Um, and uh, you know how I've been with Joy Crooks, Junior Williams, uh, Laura Connor, uh, Koji Radical. 
um, you know, really deep uh, just uh, themes. Um, no black, no Irish, uh, which harks back to um, old, well, not old, but, um, you know, past English uh, attitudes in the, you know, 60s, 70s and 80s. Um, for, for those that don't know, in a lot of establishments, uh, you know, pubs, for example, um, they used to have on the door uh, no blacks, no Irish, no dogs. Um, that's legit. Go look it up. And uh, yeah, so th- there's that. <laughs> you can imagine that song being very heavy. Um, but yeah, overall, just but the production is so light with it. It it doesn't it doesn't keep you down in that fashion. You know what I mean? So it's a nice balance. I love that. So shout out to Swindle, Elite Production, and uh, just amazing feature list. Uh, the Hard Day Four movie soundtrack. Yeah. Um. I t- I told you guys I I watched the f- film a couple of weeks ago um and gave my brief review on it <laughs> two second review on it last week um yeah i i, I like this, i like this uh, soundtrack it's a solid soundtrack um amazing stuff here coffee of course um on the on the title track banging uh gung, I, don't, I don't mind guns go bang i like it maybe because i saw it in context of the film it was like at the start of the film it was like getting it was just like these real nice visuals going with it maybe i'm just biased on that front um but yeah, that that I love that I love that track. Um, and Keith Cuddy just takes that by the neck. Uh, Barrington Levy on better than gold, banging. Uh, Fatumata uh, Diawara and Miss Lauren Hill just just float together on Black Woman. Love it. Um, I really like Alice Smith's uh, Wednesday's Child. I haven't heard Alice Smith before, but I really love that track, especially in context of this film as well. Uh, really comes through nice. Um, I like Seal on Nana Better Love. I don't mind that. That's cool. I like King Kong Rhythm. I like everyone on it. But I do feel there could have been that that could have just had like a British artist there. I mean, Back Row G, who does the um, uh, who does the amazing hook. That's probably like my favorite part of the song. Actually, be my bang my chest like my name King Kong's just oh just ugh, just BDE on that all oh, dripping on that track. Um, but I do feel like there could have been like a you know British. I I feel like if Gets was on that pff, elite. Uh, that would that would have got that would have taken it next level. But you know. Shout out to Jay Z, Jade Kiss, Conway. Obviously, better bust it as they do. Lauren Vuillon, we go harder, and uh, my own. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Myra Andrade as well, uh, and and also Pretty Yende on the Three and Thirty Years. You know, very operatic. I really listen to opera, but that shit was just crazy. And shout out to James Samuel, man. Like he directed the whole film, and uh, according to Genius, he's produced most of these tracks. Um, so you know, he ain't no slouch. He ain't no slouch on this front. Like if he did the production on most of these. Um, I think James Poyser did one. I think Lauren Hill actually had production credit on Black Woman as well. Um, so yeah, elite, elite, elite. Uh, just production on that front. Um, if James Samuel did all of that, then fuck me. Like, a round of applause for the bro because directing the boss film, uh, you know, and uh, and producing a boss soundtrack towards the film. That's a that's a nice that's a nice two piece right there. Uh, just quickly, Mick Jenkins, Elephant in the Room. I kind of echo Ben's sentiments. Uh, I probably need to listen to it again. I was actually um doing stuff as I was listening to it, so I kind of got what you were talking about when you mean like um it doesn't um it doesn't weigh you down with the content, but um I feel like I probably missed some of it. Um, I was kind of just in the middle of doing stuff. Uh, I was <laughs> just taking shit out of my garage. Um, so yeah, it was a bit in the middle. So I'm I'm definitely gonna peep spin that again. But uh, from what I listened to, from what I gleaned from it from a you know very loose listen 
Uh, I can't. You can't go wrong with Mitch Jenkins. You cannot go wrong at all. And lastly, uh, Megan Thee Stallion summit for the Hardies. Um, I didn't even realize it was twenty one tracks. <laughs> I didn't even realize it was twenty one tracks. It it kind of blew by it to be honest for me. Um, I will say the skits. Um, I could have done without personally. Um, but that's just me. Um, they just they just kept going and going. I was just like, okay, yeah, we get it. Next song, next song, please. Uh, but yeah, past that, you know, some good stuff on there. Um, obviously, thought shit is on there as well. Um, and uh, yeah, but I think I think there's some I feel there's some stuff better than thought shit there. Actually, I don't mind Mega Monday freestyle, Mega's piano as you mentioned. I love eat it. I'm here for that. <laughs> I'm here for that. <laughs> I'm here for that content, bro. I'm here for that eat it content. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. I'm here. I'm here for that. Um, a hashtag eat box uh, society anyway um <laughs> with that said we shall hop on to our 10th volume of the itd bites and uh you know i feel like since we've talked since we've uh since i just mentioned megan um and uh you know just one of the best uh females going right now um ben i feel like we should start with uh the the with uh, one of yours uh I, I, well please pick the the one you know i'm talking about please because that would be very awkward if you went for the other one. <laughs> All right. Do you want to yes. you, you well, we'll talk about so. um you want to talk about Baby Keem's third phone then? So yeah, okay. right. Right. Sure. Which one do you, which <laughs> imagine, one? Imagine, imagine if we did. Which one did you want to? I'm confused because you know. Well, I'm mentioning Megan. So. Oh, you want to do? Okay, you want to jump straight in? Holy shit! All right. All oh right. yeah, we're going. Yeah, let's let's let's, let's 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 pop off. Let's pop off. Well, this is not a particularly nuanced question. Uh, when I posted up the new release graphic this week, Megan's project was delayed, and she assured us via Twitter it would be coming next morning. So I simply posted, uh, "Megan project coming soon," according to her Twitter. Now you can probably already guess the responses I got. Uh, it's okay, we don't want her album, tell her to keep it. We don't want her her album, tell her to keep it again. Uh, so one person responded, I hate ignorant comments like most of these, to which someone replied, maybe it's just that nobody cares or wants to hear it. Is it really ignorant to have an opinion? And this is when I decided to step in, and I'll, I'll speak on why it took me that long to step in. Um, but I repl- I'll speak on it in a second, but I replied with this. There are 129 artists listed on the weekly release calendar this week. The only artist out of that 129 people actively said they won't listen to is Megan Thee Stallion. So there there was a tiny little bit of criticism of Megan on IG, but it was nothing like Twitter. Now, every single week I post up a graphic with over 100 artists listed. And every single week, the vast majority, 99.99% of those artists don't get any tweets like, hey, I'm not going to listen to this new record from Lil Trash or tell Lil Nah he can keep that. I don't hear that. But I regularly get people shitting on female MCs, usually Megan, always Azalea Banks or Iggy Azalea. If it isn't Lauren Hill or Rhapsody, there will be criticism. So I wondered a few things. First, I wondered if there were any equivalents in a male sphere. And let me just say this immediately. Even if there are male equivalents, the proportion is so minuscule in comparison to how many women get this response as to make what I'm about to say basically immaterial, but for the sake of transparency, I will do it. Nav gets a little bit of hate, but nowadays it's significantly lessened. Uh, In fact, a lot of people say they love Nav now. French Montana gets a lot of hate, but I would wager that's a pretty bad example because French Montana actively courts it by being totally inept on social media. It's like he has a deep, inability to read the room they all the same can be said of, of dj Khaled. uh you know like dj Khaled gets a lot of hate oh, online but like 
got that guitar play. So Megan is not like French and DJ Khaled. Even when she does drag people, she doesn't show a total lack of social media understanding the way they do. Um, you know, I don't know why DJ Khaled decided to, to try and drag Tyler the Creator after he dropped like a certified classic album, like basically a, an Insta classic. That's really dumb, and that's why it drew a lot of ire. So maybe I will ask Charlie what he thinks on a couple of questions here, but first let me explain why I waited uh, to reply to those people. I've seen French Montana get paced up on Twitter. I've seen artists and other accounts get obliterated. I have myself been obliterated. I'm very aware of the landscape and what is and isn't going to work. Unless I can think of something suitably witty to reply to all of these negative comments with, I will just become overrun with replies making fun of me and likely a bunch of them saying, she's not gonna fuck you, bro, which has to be the nadir of any discussion around misogyny on social media. For me, that's a toys out of the cot moment where I just throw my psyche to the existential wind and lose all control. I can feel something slip in my brain when I hear that or read that and my body just takes me away from the computer or my phone and it's like you need to wait until you regain cognitive function because I fucking hate that response. I, I can't even, it's happening right now. I can feel that little thing in my, I hate it when people say that, you know. So I had to wait until I had an in uh, and when I finally had an in and an ally uh, and someone asking a genuine question, I could finally attribute something meaningful that wouldn't just get piled on top of. So my question to Charlie is, is this all me making a mountain out of a molehill? Is it acceptable and normal for young male rap fans to dislike Megan Thee Stallion because she's rapping about things they don't feel connected to and thus they're merely voicing that? Or is it a symptom of a significantly larger issue within the hip-hop fan community, one that only assigns value to a female MC under very, very strict criteria and one who even balks at the idea of a woman being called an MC if she isn't Rhapsody, Lauren Hill, Jean Grey, you know, these kind of artists. Like, what do you think? Do you think I'm I'm barking up the wrong tree here, or do you think I have a point? Well, firstly, it sounds like you wrote that question down, and I feel like I, <laughs> I feel like whatever I'm going to say is, like, not coherent. Um, <laughs> and secondly, uh, you know, if you guys can't relate to eating box, then, like, what, what, what I don't know. <laughs> this is the noise. thing. This is the um, thing. This is the thing. This is what I don't get. Everyone's like, "Bro, I don't, I don't relate." And I'm like, "They're talking about having sex with men. Do you not have sex with women? Like, they're talking about just." I, uh, that's the thing. Yeah, how I don't do you get. think women? How do you think women feel about like just men oh, well, just uh, talk, a, talking about smashing, smashing? It was that's like, a whole like, other hit it, conversation. Quit, hit it and quit it, like. Bro, like you know, it's, it's it's fine. It's fine. Like it's it's you're okay. Just press skip. It's fine. Don't worry about it. And that's kind of that's kind of just um that's kind of like my overall response to most of the most things in, on social media in general. It's just like it's okay. Just 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 move on. <laughs> it's it's fine. The only time I get pissed off at of things is for stuff that's like you know suggested. Oh, here's here's something you might like, and it's something I definitely do not fucking like. And that's when I, that's when it pisses me off because I'm like, why the fuck is this on my TL right now? Why am I seeing this? So that's that's the only time I I generally get pissed off at looking at something. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> most of the time I'm just like, okay, that's just that's just stupid, and then just keep it and then keep it moving. Um, but yeah, you know, I feel like um, we've probably uh, we've probably beaten this kind of subject to death. But even with that said, I don't think we I don't think uh, there's many podcasts that regularly have these conversations unless they're you know uh, women, honestly, hosting 
talking about stuff like this unless it's like woman down on bbc radio 4 you know what i mean i don't i don't really feel people talking about this often so you know if you think we're beating this to death um then we have to we have to be we have to, to. we kind of do it's still <laughs> happening like we have to you know <laughs> we kind of have to and if you don't get it then that's that's your loss in it like if we keep having to explain uh why that's unnecessary then that's it i feel and answering your question um i feel like the only time may lies and you can't and you kind of named them right memes bro it's they're memes like nav is a meme french montana is a meme bro i, I literally saw that literally the first the only french montana content i've seen in this whole year was literally the other day where someone quote tweeted like or, or screenshotted like uh several tweets he did he made <laughs> And, it was, and they were asking, like, is French Montana having a stroke? Because <laughs> he was basically just saying the same shit every time. Amnesia. Just quite tweeting. They've got amnesia. 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 It's like, are you okay, mate? Like, it's just, it's, like, <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it, bro. It's, me, it's, it's meme shit. That's, and you, you kind of name guys that are just like meme shit. And, you know, when Eminem's dropping a project, everyone's like, keep it, keep it, keep it. Because that's the meme these days, mm. right? Listen to it. Don't listen to it. Everyone just has it feels it uh, feels like it's they just they contractually obliged to just tweet and or, or or reply on Instagram saying keep it lol like it's just okay bro okay we get it like you know and even in that fashion I'm just like all right, all right yep sure all right I mean I don't see it because I don't really care I see oh oh he's dropping an album okay keep it moving like, I'm either gonna listen to it or not listen to it I'm either gonna put it on my put. <gasps> Excuse me, I'm going to put it on my notes or I'm not going to put it on my notes. That's it. Job done. <laughs> so I'm going to listen to it or not listen to it. Apart from that, I'm probably not going to interact with it at, at all. So, um, you know, I don't care. So when it comes to, you know, female artists, I, you know, it's the same thing. Like if I want it, I'm li- I li- I, we just talked about listening to Megan, right? I'm here for it. I listen to Megan. Okay, that's fine. I listen to Megan. Does it relate to me? Most of it doesn't. <laughs> I won't tell you which of it is, but most of it doesn't. Okay, right, and that's fine. But I, I love the energy. I love the energy she comes out with. I've, I've talked about this before. I love the energy she comes out with. It's real, just in your fucking face. And you know, a, a lot of bangers. honestly, she does it. Yeah, she makes bangers, bro. Like even with even, bro. This was her arc. This was her vault, basically. This was mm. just loose shit. And most of it banged. Like it's like some of these beats just come fucking knocking. Her flo- she just floats on that shit. Yeah. Like she skates, like you said. Like it's fine. It's it's great. It's Even great. Body, I'm here for body's it, right? grown on me. Body's grown on me. Heavily. No, no, that would that no. That's, nah, that's, that's an internal skip. That's, that's an internal really skip. I'm sorry. I cannot get come. over. No, that hook is. <sighs> God damn it. That hook is Oof, annoying as shit. No, I can't do that. that. I like it. Yeah. That you can keep, <laughs> keep it. LOL. Like literally. So, but apart from that, bro. Like overall, it's just a matter of like I don't get why you guys have the need to respond to that kind of shit. Like if you don't listen to Meg, then fine. Sure, keep it moving. I don't get why you guys have to. You feel the need to just go like, <laughs> no, can't keep it. Uh, you know what I mean? It's just, uh, you fucking nerd. Like what? Yeah. Why do you care so much? Like. Yeah. You Gosh. fucking herb, seriously, bro. You're like dweeb. it's such herb behavior. You're a dweeb. It's such dweeb. It literally, I'm sorry, it's dweeb behavior. It is literal micro penis energy. I'm sorry. <laughs> like you just come, you're just coming at you, you. You're responding to Ben, who's talking about Megan, saying she's dropping her project in, next morning. What are you doing, bro? Just keep it moving. 
Yeah. Listen to you want to listen to. Like you had to, like go, go, mate. The only time I bitch and moan about certain artists I don't rate is because I'm getting bombarded with it. That's all it is. That's that's when I start. That's when I start whinging, right? But <laughs> most of the time, it's not even it's not even there. Most of the time, I just see it and just move on. But you know, when it comes to certain artists that are just bigger than life itself, you just you can't escape it. And I highly doubt that Meg, you can't escape Meg Mega uh, Meg content. All right, yeah, let's, no, let's, let's, that's let's not it. Keep it real. Yeah, yeah, just just keep him. Yeah, I, I've, I've said it like twenty times, but seriously, keep him moving. It, it 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 doesn't it doesn't if it doesn't concern you, then it don't concern you. It's fine. There are plenty of ice in the sea. It's fine. I don't I don't get why people have to, um, you know, they I guess they think it's the only reason I could imagine is that they think it's a meme or something. Uh, to to shit to shit on. Nah, this artists. is different, man. Maybe. This is a different. The the Megan stuff is like. That was my devil's advocate. Say, that was my attempt to devil's advocate. I, I I see your point entirely, but there is a different energy to the Megan stuff. It's not a meme. It's it's yeah, aggressive. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, yeah. I really have. Yeah, I I I think I've made my piece. To be honest, so I, I, I mean, like. Yeah. yeah. Look, listen. Li- talking about Mick Jenkins earlier and, and turning thirty, I-, I promise you that you will be embarrassed with these kind of comments when you turn thirty. And if you aren't embarrassed by them, then you still have a lot of growing up to do. And I hope that at some point you do become embarrassed from them because that will show some sort of character growth. And you know, I might have said silly stuff when I was younger too. Uh, it was never aggressive in this way. It was never like. You know, it was never stupid in this way, but I was a stan, man. I was a Jay-Z stan. I was a placebo stan. Like, I I was irrational. And I'm embarrassed by some of the stuff I thought and said back then. That's natural. That's normal. But, like, let me say from this side of the of defense, you can leave that now. You can stop that now. This is it's not impressing anyone. It's It's not cool. It's not funny. It's... It's just silly and it's just dumb and it's just un- totally unnecessary and you know no one's thinking any highly of no one's thinking any more highly of you and no one's thinking any less of Megan when you post that you know what I mean like someone was like well I'm not gonna listen to that I said well she's got like 39 million monthly listeners and five billion Spotify plays like I really don't think it matters that you're not gonna listen to her. So there's really no relevance to you posting this. Like it's cool. So yeah, man. Charlie, Charlie said it pretty well, actually. I'm, I'm piggyback off Charlie's point. <laughs> no, I, I've, I've literally, I've, uh, I've, I've, I've actually uh, got a, I got a notification on Twitter the other day saying I've been on Twitter for ten years, and I was just like, ooh, fuck, that's depressing. <laughs> I felt no, I felt no energy towards it. I was just like, great. Cool, fine, <laughs> and I was just like, I was actually thinking, I was just like, what, 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 what tweets did I make? You know what I mean? It's just like, um, you know, I'm literally looking at it now. I literally just typed up my name, and just put 2012, just to see what came up. I was just like, Kendrick's 2012 present is top five. I'll throw a producer one, DJ Premier from. Oh, that was a response to someone. Um, but yeah, it's just yeah, it's it's nothing really. It's like basketball shit. It's essentially all I tweeted about, <laughs> just basketball shit. And hip hop, oh, no, I guess, after twenty fourteen. So yeah, I've tweeted some dumb yeah. shit. I've tweeted some. Dumb I mean, shit. yeah, fa- Facebook might be a bit different, but that's gone. All right, can we move on to the next topic? Next topic, Charlie, hit us with the uh, next. G- do you want to talk about G Herber getting locked out, or do you want to go <coughs> on to TikTok? I have a take. 
that I have been mulling over for the past two weeks, and I feel like it is pretty solid to uh, to put forward to the squad um, for you guys to put uh, to to think about. So this is why you're remember, hot, Charlie. Uh, hot... This is why you are hot. <laughs> Hark back to around that time of this is why I'm hot came up. And uh, you know your and just just think about just think about um actually actually here's a question for you Ben um uh, what was the what was like the most um I, I mean for, I mean for me I'll say for me right uh back in the day around the time I'm talking about um I know I know I know you know what years I'm talking about um you know I but the the tracks that used to go around my school um was like. <laughs> Funny enough, like fucking bass hunter, <laughs> um, just just sending bla- bass hunter over Bluetooth. You know what I mean? I like why? Don't know why, but now you're gone was a bang on. Can't lie to you. Um, so you know, there, there was stuff like that. Um, but I'm trying to think of like another. I'm trying to think of other stuff. But yeah, that's a, I don't know why bass hunter is the only one I can think of. But that was literally one of the top ones. But what were you sending over Bluetooth um, back in the late 2000s? See, we had like, because we were, it, it was just like, it would have been some Black Eyed Peas in there, absolutely. Uh, it would never have been any hip-hop outside of Black Eyed Peas, because we're Australian and in Sydney, so it would have been like rock music, probably some NoFX, probably some Placebo, probably some Silverchair, uh, pretty generic stuff. And then like, you know, all the... All the, the the house music of that time, all the I don't know, don't hold back by the pop bellies and you know that kind of stuff. So it wasn't, it was not, mm-hmm. it was not like we weren't pushing the envelope. Let's put it that way. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, nobody was. Let's be real. But um, at that same time, there was this. Um, it was this phenomenon that um, I'm sure if you guys have listened to uh, hip hop after around this time, so let's say about 2011, 12, 13, um, a lot of artists were talking, uh, referencing the term ringtone rap. So, you know, around that time, uh, it was a lot, uh, there was, there was a, I guess, a, uh, a movement in some ways for mainstream music uh, to, you know, be so piffy and so short that you have to have that for a ringtone. If you guys remember watching the TV back then, bro, and he, you sla- and you hear those adverts, you see those adverts of, um, <laughs> you know, oh, th- to- top 30 ringtones, oh, like, get times, them now. The type Type 9064442421, then put 01 for this, 02 for this. And it was so just like five seconds of a song you've heard over and over again, and everybody was fucking on it, okay? The ringtone rap era was a ting, okay? And it was disgraceful. And, uh, you know, we say ringtone rap, but it was ringtone music. Like, yeah. uh, it wasn't just It was rap. mainly was rap. Real. We'll talk about that yeah. in a sec, but yeah. Yeah. rap was uh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, rap was yeah, the yeah, I mean, but but now we come to but then, but we come to now actually, and let's let's hop on straight to now. So, you know, you, you, I've, you're going to make that point, and uh, I, I know what point you're going to make. So you know, but I feel like because of now, I want to call what this you know, if you want to call it TikTok rap, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, but I'm just going to call it 
ringtone rap 2.0. I feel like there's a ringtone rap 2.0 right under our feet and nobody's talking about it. You guys all saw that fucking Toosie Slide bullshit going on on TikTok, all of them social media platforms. You saw them people hitting that. You saw that. You, you All you knew what the fuck that song was. You all knew it, but nobody was fucking saying it. Why? Fuck knows. But you all know, you, all you know, you know what that was for. It was for TikTok to do dances with and to get that fucking song out because that was the marketing ploy. And it still is the marketing ploy, okay? You think Drake is doing that corny ass way too sexy, which is, which that, so- that song should be ridiculed to fucking hell and back. But for some reason, nobody's doing it. I just, I feel like I'm in, I feel like I'm going doolally. Like, you guys don't understand that he just sampled Right Said Fred and he's not getting roasted. I don't care for you lot anymore. Nah, that song's um, a banger, man. Shut up. Uh, so, <laughs> anyway, so, yeah. I feel like there's a ringtone rap 2.0. I feel like there's artists now that are doing, you know, songs that, you know, just, just p- not even, like, fully panda, right? They're not, like, being you know, right foot up, left foot slide, kind of obvious, right? But I feel like, you know, people are trying it. People are trying to hit up that t- the hit TikTok audience, get their shit on TikTok, you know what I mean, and all the other platforms, and making it pop from that fashion. Because that's the way, that's the way the marketing goes right now. If your shit, if your shit's popping on TikTok, bro, have you, how many songs have you heard, right, that you've never, uh, what was that, um, what was that space, oh, oh. Uh, when don't go down in the deep. I don't even know who made that song. I literally don't. I I I I actually I looked it up a while back and I found the artist, and that was that song just like had millions of views, uh, millions of listens, and then everything else had like nothing. It was crazy, and that's it. I feel like that's it right there. There's there's a, there's a there's there's a there's a, a burgeoning. I don't know, just market employ here. The same thing as ringtone rap, where like, and you know, you can make an argument on this front in terms of the songs getting shorter. We've obviously talked about song lengths before, um, whether it's on a bias topic or just a general show topic. But you know, we've talked about that before, and I feel like that adds to it. You know, just having those short, pithy songs, stuff like that. I, I feel like people understand. I feel like, but but people aren't saying it uh, for for saying it explicitly. This just shit is basically ringtone rap 2.0. So thoughts on the theory well i'm gonna agree with you at offer it but like let me just give a little bit of background so people can understand where charlie's coming from and why this is very true so back in the mid 2000s we had what was called ringtone rap so those unfamiliar prior to smartphones we had no choice but to enlist one of the default (laughs) ringtones on our phone and it wasn't actually until nokia released 3510 yeah exactly that shit man so the 3510 came out in 2002 and the was custom Was it the 3310? Well, the 33... So the 3510 was the first one that had the custom ringtone possibility. The 3310 right. and the 3315 were the... They were like the, the thing. Yeah. If you had a 3315, you were lit. Oh, you were lit up in bricks. school. Yeah. They were fucking amazing. So prior Gang to... Gang shit. You, you do not know. If you know, that, you know. If oh you don't gosh. know what they they are, then fuck, I feel sorry for you, man. That's Legendary. Snake. When we got Snake 2, oh, you go through the walls. That shit was over when we got Sheesh. Snake 2. Sheesh. So prior to 2002, 
all the ringtones were monophonic, so that only one note could be played at a time. When polyphonic ringtones became a possibility, people would pay up to $5 for a custom ringtone. Now, Android Authority reported that ringtones were worth $4 billion by 2004. But at this stage, at this stage, right, ringtones were still very simple. You know, some phones even offered you the opportunity to compose your own ringtone using their software, but it was only the melody of the song. It was not the actual song. I remember it really well. You used to type out these long lines of code that you would find on, on message boards, and then you would get something slightly resembling 03 Bonnie and Clyde. Like, you'd be like, it, it, it would be a stretch to be like, oh, yeah, this is that. But then we got the... <laughs> then we got... I could do this all day. I'm here for it. That's really accurate. So, so then we got the true Tony era, and that's when things went wild. Imagine how crazy people went. People who'd been starved the opportunity to use their favorite songs as their ringtone since the dawn of time, and this is when the industry exploded. So, rather than service providers getting most of the royalties from a custom ringtone, you could buy MP3s from third-party apps. And the true tone industry was estimated to be worth $6.8 billion in 2010. So the genre became so large that it had its own awards. In 2004, 50 Cent won the inaugural, inaugural and the only, the only, that was never awarded after this, Billboard Ringtone of the Year with In The Club. <laughs> Other nominees included Dirt Off Your Shoulder, Hey Ya, P.I.M.P. by 50 Cent. In 2006, oh, the VMAs awarded Ringtone geez. of the Year to Where'd You Go by Fort Minor. Remember that? Where'd you go? <laughs> oh my gosh, man. So in, in 2006, they beat out Black Eyed Peas, Bubba Sparks, Nelly, and Kanye West. Now, you're probably sensing a trend here. So in 2006, The Age published a piece about artists picking up certifications off ringtones alone. So this is what they said. Rapper Rick Ross, ring, rapper Rick Ross's ringtone is now a bling tone. Ross received a plaque bearing a golden mobile phone today when music industry officials honored 128 songs as the first batch of gold and platinum ringtones. Just like vinyl, tapes, and CDs, the sounds of ringing mobiles will now translate into awards. So Rick Ross said, The ringtones are just another gateway to connecting with the kids and the fans. That's just the next Mm. level. Rick Ross, this is prior to Rick Ross's debut album, by the way. This is prior to his debut album. This was hustling winning like ringtone awards. So in the article, the age claimed that 10% of the music industry revenue in 2006 was coming from ringtones. Even Bubba Sparks got in on it. He sold 800,000 ringtones himself. (laughs) And this is the crux of the entire thing. And this is from the mouths of Rick Ross and Bubba Sparks themselves. Ross said that when he goes into the studio in future, the idea of making a popular ringtone will definitely be part of the process. You want to do a record so catchy that everybody wants to go out and get it as a ringtone, said Ross. Sparks agreed. I'll be more conscious of making exciting melodies to put on the ringtones. Uh, so he said it was a it was a revenue stream. Now that sounds very reminiscent of that Drake song. And it wasn't just artist-led. You know, in Billboard magazine, I know I'm speaking a lot here, but this shit is intense. In Billboard magazine in October 27, they actually said they called T-Pain a ringtone artist in 2000. They called him a ringtone artist. They said T-Pain is a ringtone artist. As well as Stripper did as a ringtone, it sold less than 1 million digital downloads. Meanwhile, female pop artists like Britney Spears or Pink sell fewer ringtones but do very well with digital downloads. So they were saying that hip-hop was a ringtone thing. Now, when we get to TikTok, 
It's hardly a new phenomenon for an artist to create a dance to go along with their song, right? It's been happening since the dawn of music. It's blatant mm-hmm. now that TikTok is deeply influencing the music industry because Business Insider claimed that 60% of TikTok users sought out songs on streaming services after hearing them on TikTok. Oh, and count- gosh. Bro, countless industry experts have been on record explaining how essential TikTok is to marketing artists. Legacy Records, part of Sony, said this. Our entire music catalog is effectively tracked on a daily basis. We're constantly monitoring actions, reactions, and trends that happen on TikTok. RCA Records SVP of Digital Marketing told Business Insider that labels will work with influencer agencies to find up to 30 low follower influencers to promote a new song and then hopefully drag in bigger influencers in that way. And he said, in the best case scenario, your micro-influencer campaign is so successful that it creates the trend on its own and then the bigger influencers are going to jump in on board organically. So are TikTok and ringtone music the same? They are similar, but they do differ. The sim- I think the similarities exist in two ways. Artists are becoming known as TikTok musicians now and it's a label they're finding hard to shake. Megan Thee Stallion, Doja Cat, Conan Gray, Powfu, they, there are so many that appear on lists when you search artists who got famous off TikTok. And I'm not no, I'm not saying that they're only famous from TikTok. I'm absolutely not saying that because they've all transitioned into mainstream commercial success just as T-Pain did back in the mid-2000s. But it's the label that's very similar. Famous off TikTok, famous off ringtones. Now, the second similarity is revenue streams. TikTok has become a viable revenue stream in itself for artists, similar to how ringtones did in the mid-2000s. But the differences are stark because ringtone music died when the iPhone dropped because people could just use their their iTunes library to find a new ringtone. And the entire industry immediately collapsed, immediately because there was absolutely no need for it anymore. And a lot of the artists who blew up off, off ringtones like Mims and Soldier Boy were left behind. And I, there seems to be no such risk for TikTok, you know, unless the app gets shut down. It's not doing anything particularly new or interesting. It's just rehashing existing ideas, which kind of makes it resistant. So I think that TikTok has this viral angle to it as well. Um, so I think it's very similar. I think it is very similar, but I think it's different. And I asked my followers the other day where they, they discovered music from and TikTok was very low on the list. So, you know, (sighs) it's, it's fascinating, but I think you've got a great point there. I really do think you have a good point, Charlie. Uh, I think like it's apples and apples, right? But there's just an essence to it that just comes off as, I think I'm coming through in the in the scope of what the industry thinks, right? And how they're manipulating it. Um, you know, I feel I feel like they see TikTok as a, you know, as everyone else sees it, you know, just becoming bigger than life in a lot of ways. I've said that twice already. Um, but, you know, <clears throat> I feel like people, they're seeing it like that. Um, I don't think artists... And this is kind of how it, uh, you know, artists see it in either two different ways. They see it as either as like, you know, I just want to make music or they see it as Rick Ross sees it and they see it as like a, you know, business opportunity, mm. you know, to get to, you know, just an, opp- you know, a, an opportunity to get a leg up, right, in, in, in whatever way. Um, so, you know, it, however you want to see it, that's your prerogative. I just feel that there's a that it just while while the methodology is different, 
the reasoning and the essence of it is just so it yeah it just it just comes off um i guess it's evolved in that sense because when we weren't trying to discover ringtones right we're not discovering music off ringtones we've probably heard those songs before and you want it as a ringtone right so in that form it's different in this case it's more about uh straight up um sometimes discovery like you said uh but also just in a in a, in this in the same way as ringtones manipulating just you know just oh look another market for me to get in so let me just do this thing to get in that particular thing so you know either way um i mean i don't really care because <laughs> i ain't on tiktok i ain't planning to um uh yeah, so but you know i just i just feel like there's a there's just something there there's just there's something there that's just starting to jar me and i'm just like mm, I, I i don't like it so um but anyway that's i'll a, never i'll never forget the, the the famous thing my friend said when i tiktok first came around and I went over to her place, and she's my age, of course. And um, I said to her, do you know anything about TikTok? She's like, of course. What do you mean? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, people are talking about it. I don't really understand it. She's like, and that song came out when we were in university. It's a fucking classic. And I'm like, no, not Kesha's TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> and she was like, oh. No, nah, I never heard of it. So fucking hell, man. Once you're over a certain age, I feel like you can't get on TikTok, and I think I'm too old for that shit. All right, next one. Next one, final. I don't know why you allow. I don't know why you allow me to do a ringtone TikTok, but there you go. Uh, maybe that's maybe that's your uh, that's your unique selling point. That's that's the TikTok you need to create. <laughs> The ringtone of you just going ringtone ticked <laughs> with a Nokia thirty three fifteen. <laughs> All right. Oh gosh. Lord. Album art. So, I think this is interesting. The saying that you should never judge a book by its cover is much less accurate, I think, when it's applied to music, because I think it's entirely true that an album can be amazing regardless of the art itself. But I'm struggling to think of a great album. With bad cover art. I guess... <laughs> That's a good challenge. I guess Stillmatic. Oh, Illmatic? Stillmatic, not Illmatic. Oh, Stillmatic. I mean, yeah, it's a bit... I mean, but then again... It's very like, 2001. I, I'd, 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 I, yeah, it is very 2001. But then again, I, I, I you know, I, I raise you every No Limit record, so... Well, um, yeah, but I mean, that was a... That's a, that's a vibe. I mean, that's a... <laughs> You That's see, okay, sure. Uh, you can see that. You can, you can word it however you want, bro. <laughs> Go for it, bro. Yeah, it's a vibe. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's a fucking. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. All right, yeah, yeah. Well, fine. Well, look, I'm I'm gonna state for the record fine. that when an artist puts time and energy and effort into the music, they it's seem invariably to put time and energy and effort into the cover art, which is why I think we need to speak about 2021. So we start with Drake. Certified Lover Boy has been teased consistently since way back in April of 2019. And we all remember countless times we thought it was dropping. It reminds me a lot of the Views rollout, which must have gone on for about two years as well. A steady stream of hype that contributed to us believing Views would be Drake's opus. Now, a lot of people seem to feel similarly about CLB. And when a cover was revealed, most people thought it was a joke and moved on with their day. Not so. 
Now, the album art was designed by Damien Hurst, and it is simply 12 pregnant women in emoji form. That's now, such apparently, a fucking... Oh, apparently, right. apparently this is a combination of two of Hurst's works. Virgin Mother from 2005, which is a statue of a woman who is pregnant, and Spot Painting from 2012, which is simply a painting of different colored dots. Now, CLB is at the vanguard of a wider trend of what people are calling low-effort album covers that seem to be propagating in hip-hop at the moment. Now, people criticize Kanye West for not even bothering with an album cover, which is actually... I mean, look, black is the universal color of mourning, and Donda is named after his mother, who tragically passed away in 2007. I can't call it bad cover art. I don't look. I think anyone who is calling it bad cover art is probably being combative for the sake of being combative. I really don't think that that is something you can really be like, oh, it's terrible cover art. Like it, it's pretty, mm. it, it's understandable. But we have gotten Culture Three by Migos, which is a woeful Photoshop job. Polo G's Hall of Fame, which looks like the advert, <laughs> bro. Oh gosh, what did they yeah, do was... on that? Then Polo was... G's Hall of Fame, which looks like the advertisement for a bad TV game show. We've gotten Trip at Night by Trippy Red, which looks like someone's attempt at creating a MySpace default picture on MS Paint. Uh, we've gotten J. Cole's Off Season, which isn't necessarily bad. It's just low effort. You'd be hard-pressed to find someone rationally claiming that cover is fire, despite the literal use of fire on it. DJ Khaled's Khaled Khaled album is horrible, but it's DJ Khaled. Like, the dude just started assaulting Bob Marley's guitar the other day, just hammering his hands down in this I open flinched, chord. Bro. When I bro, tell you was, I flinched. It was violent. It was I, I unnecessarily. So what was I'm he even doing? Guitar, I'm not even a guitar person, and I flinched so bad. I was like, fuck. Uh, no, there's no... We're recording on... Uh, th- well, I'm recording on 31st of October here, so I, I guarantee, guys, there's nothing that made me jump more this year than DJ Khaled. Why did he do that? Fucking guitar. <laughs> gung, 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 gung. Like, fucking hell, bro. Came at it like a fuck... Oh, don't even want to... Yeah, oh, I don't want to down that road right, so i think kd2 wasn't a great oh, album cover but we've had brilliant album covers this wait year. what One, cover i didn't think kd2 was that great i i think kd1 was a bad album cover i think kd2 was much cleaner i didn't like i don't like that kind of i don't like that kind of artwork like the, that that oldie nah, know, king's that disease was the, the original was way better Ugh, nah, that's nah, fire nah, I don't, I don't that's know. fire that's art the second one's just a picture of Nas. Yeah, but it's just it's just it's just it's just unsettling. Like the babies and uh, it's just unsettling. It just freaks me out a bit. But anyway. That's just yeah, me. I guess it's understandable. But I think we've had some brilliant album covers this year. Montero by Lil Nas X is stunning. Planet Her from Doja Cat's beautiful. Sleepy Hallows album art is amazing. Uh, I thought the cover art for the YSL YSL album was really, really good. I think Meek's cover art is incredible. I know a lot of people clowned at first, and I did a little bit too, but I've come to realize I was pretty wrong in that. Uh, Simbi's album art is, is stunning. Pray for Haiti, stunning. House is burning. Uh, the punk album art is amazing. Dave's album art. So why does this any of this matter? And the other day I was hanging some vinyl in my apartment, and I was reminded well, the of question the question is, test. does it matter? <laughs> well, that's the thing. That's the thing. Yeah, Let's talk yeah. about it. So... Yeah. When I was hanging vinyl in my in my my room the other day, I was, when I used to buy vinyl, I said, "Would I hang this on my wall? Why and why not?" And Nathan yeah. Zed, who's a YouTuber, did a video on album art, and he said this: "The best album covers feel like a doorway into that world." 
So wanting to buy vinyl that I would hang on my wall isn't actually a really high bar. It's a pretty low bar to set. Basically, to achieve that, all you have to do is totally just not fuck up the album art. Like, Drake could have dropped an instant (laughs) classic with CLB, but there's no way I'm hanging that on my wall. Because every time I see it, I'm not thinking of the quality of the music. I'm I'm lamenting the lack of effort. Like, so maybe you're saying, sitting there and saying, that's that's cool for you because you're fucking old. But we stream music now. We don't give a shit about the album art. Mm -hmm. And that is fair. Mm -hmm. But that's most of my point here. Has streaming Mm -hmm. robbed us the joy of a good album cover? And there's two points I want to make. And the second one will relate to Drake's CLB. Now, the first is that vinyl sales are up year on year. 2020, vinyl sales jumped 30%. 2021, vinyl sales jumped 94%. Mac Miller, rest in peace, just set a record for the highest vinyl sale week since 91 for an R&B and hip-hop album with 37,000 copies sold of Faces. I have a copy myself. And vinyl is the biggest expression of album art. It's this huge, beautiful piece of art you can hold in your hands. Um, it's, it, you know, So it's still relevant in that sense. Vinyl is beautiful. The second point, and this is what I'll end on, because it cleans the whole thing up and ends the debate in my view, no one can say album art isn't relevant due to streaming because that same digitization of music means there is a digitization of promotion with Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok becoming a central means for promotion. And we can all agree that attaching a visual to text makes the promotion deeply potent. You just have to scroll through my IG and see how essential album art is to all of my posts. When I post up lists, people actually get angry at me for not including the cover art of their favorite album. Because static visual promotion is still a deeply essential part of any rollout. And if your album cover sucks, it begins to look really fucking silly. Album art is not something that's tucked away in a corner of, of Spotify that you have to click on to access. It's plastered all over Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. For a lot of people, their very first interaction with an album will be through a post on one of these platforms with the album, car, album cover front and center. So in that sense, CLB did its job. And I think that is sad. Like, I, I think that it's the TikTok kind of debate that we're having again, you know? Like, the cover art is, is good and bad. It's poor, it's lazy, it's childish, it's a bit weird and gross. And it wouldn't be weird and gross if Drake were making some grand statement about the beauty and the strength of the women in his life, but we know he's not doing that on CLB. You know, Drake is 35 years old. Um, you know, I, I can't think of anyone over the age of 30 who would see that in a vinyl store and, yeah, I want this this hanging on my wall. But every single time I post the highest-selling albums of the week, that album art stands out starkly against the rest, usually sitting proudly at number one. You know, there's one, there's more than one way to put out good album art, and it's very hard to deny CLB is, therefore, good album art because it has absolutely achieved what it set out to achieve. I think it has, man. I think it has. And so I think album art is still essential. Um, I'm curious what you think, Charlie, on this. I'm, I'm very curious whether you think the album art has gotten worse, whether it's gotten better, whether it's still important. And right. after everything I've just said about CLB, is it good album art? Um, no, CLB is not good album art. Um, honestly, it, uh, I, when you were talking about what like the album represents... I, I hate the fact that I, I, I'm going to say it straight up I f- hate the fact that this album art came to mind okay just want to throw out there 
but the deluxe edition of uh, uh, Robert Kelly's Black Pennies, um, if you've seen it, it's a lit cover art. I can't lie to you. It's boss. It's so boss. Like, that would have been... I don't even rate Drake that hard, but that would have been kind of lit if it was like that, uh, in that fashion. But let's just stop there. Um, so, yeah, um, I'm not here for it. Uh, I feel I feel like Damien Hurst got away with highway robbery uh, doing that. Um, it's just like, oh, you want, you want how, how much for that? Okay, yeah, got you. Um, so, yeah, shout out to Damien. Um, I... I mean, I don't think I don't think uh, Albemarle has declined in a obvious fashion. I feel like there are notable ones that you know. I kind of actually, honestly, I think artwork has actually risen in terms of scope. Um, maybe not quality; that, that, that's subjective. But I think in scope, it's really changed. Like you mentioned, "Pray for Haiti." I mean, some people can look at that and just see it scribbles. So you know, it, it is what it is, right? Um, you mentioned Donda, right? That is just an exercise in minimalism. Um, you know, I remember seeing like a, a, a painting of literally just like a, a square blue, like a square block of blue. I forgot who did it. Um, but yeah, I remember seeing it and it was just like, well, what, what the fuck are we doing here? And I was like 15 at that point. So I was not really understanding anything. I was just like, what, what this is this? So someone just made this block of blue and that's art. Okay. Um, <laughs> fine. Low bar. Was um, it Jay-Z but, you know, that's blue? No, 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 no. It wasn't no, Jay Z no, Blue. No. Well, then, what's the no, point? No, 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 no. It was. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Let me, you're trying to make me force it. It's forced to look it up now. Uh, minimalist, uh, minimalist painting, minimalism. Even in that, like you know, it's 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 like I said, it's minimalism, right? You know, there's there's art to that, right? But it's not. Um, oh, there we go. Black Square. That's the one I was talking about. It was it was on the Wikipedia. I remember that. It was Kazmir Malevich's Black Square. It wasn't blue, it was a black square. And it's literally just a black square. And it has, like, some, you know, white crackles on it. So, you know, it could oh, represent yeah, something. But, you know. It's pretty cool. Yeah, you, you, like you, it. don't, you don't know. Yeah, it's, I like it. I, I rate it. It's cool. But, um, yeah, it's just... It's, it, you know, some people might see that as nothing. And, uh, you know, I think it comes back... It, it all comes back around to just subjectively what you like. But in the of in the overall question, existential question you, uh, that you offered, um, I don't think, I don't think uh, streaming has affected it at all. No. I think it's um like I said I think it's added to for for a lot of people it's added more to the scope um of uh you know like you said artwork is um or like uh, your, your YouTuber boy said uh artwork I think it really is a portal in some ways right you see that and you think of all the songs that are on it if you really like that album um so you know when when Nas X did the Montero stuff Mate, go look at the rollout. Go look at the, the all the all the you know heavily CGI like everything. All, all, all the just the, even just like the tracklist announcement, like that was just super just attention to detail, and it all links together, right? So you think of the if you're thinking of the if you see the album car, uh, art, um, then you're gonna imagine then you're gonna remember the uh, the the tracklist um, announcement that video of how grandiose that was and all the stuff towards that. And then you remember all the music videos, right? I keep thinking of Eve Rhapsody right now, thinking about it, because um, I, I see I see her head. I see that side profile and the and the cornrows, right? Um, and the black lipstick. And then I think of Ibtahaj, the, 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 the music video, where, like, she's in New York and, you know, for the... I think she just has Misa Hilton on, like... A fucking speed dial now. Every time Rhapsody comes out to do some fashion, uh, to do some shit, she's always just dressed by Misa Hilton. Um, right now, and that's just boss. 
Um, so yeah, I remember that. I remember that entire role that she had. I remember the music videos. I remember, you know, peeping a feeny. Um, so, you know, and like you mentioned Simbi, right? I'm, I see that, I see that, um, you know, that orange and blue or black, uh, checkered, uh, you know, uh, 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 combo. Then I think of woman, then I think of introvert, you know, and I, I, you think of all of it, right? So it's not just the music. You think of everything else that you saw as it pertains to the rollout. It's, it's funny you said Simbi because that has a, that had a really, you know, throwback kind of rollout of announcing the album months ahead of time. And then drop in, you know, a couple of singles here and there, and the music video in between. Like it was very stretched, stretched mm. out compared to most. It was actually kind of throwback if you think about it. Um, so uh, it's a great mention on that front. So I don't think streaming has affected uh, artwork at all. I think people do. I think some people don't put the effort in, and it's. I think it's very clear when people do put the effort in. Um, whether you think Kanye or Drake didn't put the effort in, that's up to you. Um, you know, you could, again, that's up to what you think a black square, what do you think that is? Like, you know what I mean? But then you get to the point, uh, I wanted to get to your point of, uh, you know, just having it in, uh, having a hard copy. Um, it's, it's actually kind of interesting that you, that you say it. Um, I really like albums with the artist's face on it. Mm. Um, you know, I've got, I still got, uh, I still got, uh, Sims's, um, Stillness and Wonderland, Greyer and, uh, Ben Simbi, um, uh, next to me, uh, on my, on the left of me on my wall. And I just really like them because, you know, they're different, they're different styles, all of them. Um, two of them are photography based, one's, uh, you know, original artwork. Um, but they will have her face and it's all different. You know, Greyer is very, you know, black mostly. And there's like just that little light up of her face in the middle. And then you see like the hair, the hair coming down a little bit, and then you know uh, Simbi's very you know uh, open spaced, a lot of negative space. Got the hair just like pricking up at the top, like like a I don't know, it looks like a mushroom cloud. And you see the gear, right? It's, you, you you break it down differently. Um, and I just really like albums. With, I just I feel like I really like albums with uh, the people person's face on it. I just realised that. Um, but I will say to finish off my point. Um, there is a good album with bad artwork, and that is Jamie's Integrity. Let me find that. I am, yeah, it's going to hit you in the face when you see it. it, it, it I, imagine that in your room, like f- fucking give you nightmares. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes, yeah, he's right up in. Great the, album. The camera there. Great album. Great fucking album. Horrible artwork. That is horrible. I can't. It's just you see every hair on the top of his lip. Oh, it's just. Oh gosh, I I just I despise that artwork so bad. I want that. I want it on vinyl, but I don't want it on vinyl. I I just can't. I can't do it. I want the music, but I can't have that fucking thing just staring at me. His fucking squinty face, like ugh, just really wide smile. Ugh, yuck! Absolute just watching yuck. Watching you so, while yeah. you sleep. Oh, bro, that's a nightmare. That's a nightmare. In- that's a nightmare. Uh, fucking album cover. Great album, uh, but a horrible album cover. So there, there you go. There's your. There's your answer, but um, yeah, I, I don't think it's I I feel I feel like um, there's a lot of people have really upgraded in terms of just like ideas, um, but obviously as you as you you know clearly said there are examples of just like objectively or subjectively however you want to word it uh, just horrible pieces pieces looking artwork that you don't want to have on vinyl and you know I'll make a I'll make an extra point um on my side as an original point you know I mentioned uh. I mentioned I listened to um, 
Oh, Jesus, that's embarrassing. I already forgot Homegirl's name. Let me look it up. Erica Cody, right? I looked it up. I looked her up, and I was just like, I like the artwork. I'm going to give it a listen. That's literally it, bro. I literally just went off the artwork, bro. Like, the artwork look, looks nice. Um, Love and Light. It, look, it looks very interesting. Um, just, just looking at that. It's very psychedelic. Um, it reminds me of... Um, uh, um, uh, it reminds me of like a psychedelic album. I forget what the name is. Uh, might be, might be a Parliament album. I forget. But um, uh, what you just sent me? Um, I just want. I'm just curious as to what you think about when I send you that. Right. Sure. I mean, yeah. I I don't like most of these. <laughs> really, I like a lot of these. Um. Pop I mean, uh, I, I mean the pop. I mean the pop smoke one wasn't that. Wasn't Juice that like? A, wasn't it the? Wasn't the pop smoke one like Ugh. the white thing? Him in white and it looked like really bad. Like Virgil yeah. Abloh did it. Wasn't yeah. that the OG one? Yeah. I remember that one. That was bad. I don't know. Some of these. Uh, I don't know. Some of these just a bit loud for me. Like the Young Thug one just looks. I don't know. It's weird. Um, I'm looking at the Money Bag Yo one. I, I can't really see clearly what's going on there, but it looks a bit, looks a bit loud. Um, I don't like the Meek Mill one. I, I still don't. Kid Roy is just anime shit. That's, I mean, yeah, fine. Do you? Well, I'm not really into it. Uh, Falarin's interesting. Like My cool. turn's a bit. My turn's it's cool. Um, I don't really get it, but it's cool. Don Toller, I don't really know what's going on there. Juice no. World is calm, I guess. I like uh, the Juice looks, World one. It, the Juice World one looks, it looks really u- eulogy, u- eulogy, eulogic, u- eulogy. Kind of vibes, uh, yeah, yeah. Eulogical. It looks like it looks like. I don't want to say it, but um, yeah, it just looks weird. Um, it looks loud. I don't know. Uh, I just, I just know. But yeah, it's subjective. Right? It's subjective, bro. Like, that's all it is. And um, fun, and you know, I'll 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 give you a great example of artwork I always love, but the music is not always there. Bro, Sam Spratt, big up you because you make you've put logic on, bro. Oh my gosh, yeah, say logic. what you want about logic. The artwork, oh, every time, knocks. Every time, never fails. Never misses. Sam Spratt, 100%, bro. 100% free, uh, free point rate. I don't know about confessions. Not not a fan of that. That's a bit... Yeah, yeah I mean, it's. But I, I just like the detail. I like the attention to the detail. Amazing. I love the Easter eggs they add to it. It's just oh, yeah. so fucking nice. I love it all. It's Super so great. Like, it's a bit of a miss. I mean, yes, but that's supermarket. It just says supermarket and like sort yeah. of anything. It's not, it's not deep, right, is it? But yeah, um, but that's that's not canon. That's not canon, all right? <laughs> it's okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I I feel like you know I I have a I don't know kind of a heightened interest in logic because I love the artwork as well. Um, I feel like if logic had bad artwork, I probably wouldn't give him as many chances of, as I had have have given him uh, musically. So. You know, I feel like I'm I, I'm I'm probably kind of swayed a lot by by um by album artwork. Um, especially when I'm listening, especially when I'm listening to someone where I just see like a face and a name, and then I look them up, and then I see the artwork. I'm like, mm, don't look cool that, and then make this in one song, right? But yeah, man, I think I'm 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 usually pretty swayed sometimes when it comes to discovering an artist. I'm pretty swayed by what the artwork is and if you put any effort in that kind of stuff. And I think it really, you know, it should it should say a lot about you. It really should as an artist. It should say a lot about you. Um, so you know, if they don't put an effort into it, then it kind of it kind of sets me back on like, well, if you don't respect your own attention to detail, then why should I 
give you my attention so so to speak it's a good question but like what's a good out a great uh great cover art on a really bad album oh so you want the other way now fuck's sake because logic's <laughs> I up all there. that time looking up, i spent all the time looking up oh, oh yeah okay right yeah so yeah i guess confessions um everybody's for not me a great album. i like the artwork but i don't like the album i feel like that's easier to do though i feel like there's a lot of great artwork for bad albums about um I feel like I feel I honestly I feel like I nailed it in the hit home run with that integrity one. That was a good shout. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, I don't. I barely listen to bad albums, bro. I don't listen to albums I don't like. Charlie likes <laughs> everything. I I like the stuff I like, right? And I know what I like, so that makes it easier for me. Um, I don't know, bro. Uh, uh, trying to look up some discographies. I'm trying. I'm yeah. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of one like um yeah. What's um what's the cover art on Nostradamus like, Paul? No, nah, that's okay. It's 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 like not it's like Kilmatic kind of essence, but it's like he's got a hood on, so it's kind of supposed to be different. It's a bit. I honestly, I think that's a bit lazy. Um, I, uh, I think I think he went a bit lazy on that one. Um, Magna Carta Holy Grail is not great cover art. Like it's it's pretty. It's, it looks expensive. See, see, you say, see, see, that's the that's the thing. You see the statues, and you're like, and you, and you don't like that. That's interesting. Honestly, I, mean, I think I, I know. I don't like Dam as an artwork. I'll be real with you. Yeah, but Dam's. I'm, I'm not really into it. Dam's a seven. Oh no, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not. I know it's not a bad album. I'm just saying. I'm saying. I just saw it on my. I'm just looking through Spotify, and I just, I just saw it, and I was like, you know what? I actually don't like Dam that hard. Really? I don't like the artwork that much. I'm not into it. I'm not. I'm not into it. I feel. Yeah. I just. I don't know. I feel like. You know. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like uh, you know, uh, compared to the others, like Good Kid had like the you know the Polaroid, and obviously the 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 minivan, and that obviously you know conceptually offers a lot. To be a butterfly is just pure art in my my mind. That's that deserves to be in a museum. And then it's just damn. It's just like him in literally a white tee, and it just says damn on top. And yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like <coughs> I don't know. It's it's yeah yeah yeah. It's not like, oh wow, that's some great artwork. I remember seeing the, I remember actually, I saw the artwork. I was like, okay, mm, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, great artwork what, on a bad album. I'll tell you Double what. Double nothing. Oh yes. Oh yeah. That's, that's a great that's artwork. The Metro Boomin um, and Big Sean. I like that artwork. The all black thing going on. Monochrome. Don't see their faces, but we didn't. I don't think we liked the album too much, do we? So. I don't think there's anyone that. does. Um, there's one. There's one that I've just come across right here, and it's it. the reason by Huberstank. And Huberstank. Huberstank. Now Huberstank, they don't have good albums. This is not possible. But the album art is fire <laughs> as fuck. So you know, I I think that's pretty. That's <coughs> that's, that's it. Huberstank. Anyone remember? You, I'm showing my age you, right now. Yeah, well, actually, you, uh, you want me to show my tastes? Um, go look up like jazz albums. Like they, they, you do not know whether they're just like phoning it in or just being like really fucking out there. Um, like uh, you, you just don't know sometimes. Really, it's just it's freaky. Like you look up like a lot of uh, Miles Davis albums, and some of them just look like okay. And then just the album is like fucking else is crazy. So I don't know. It's just, it's, that's, that's kind of interesting. Um, no, but the album art uh, bitch is bad. Album, crazy. good artwork. Bad album, good artwork. I can't think of any. I can't. I can't think of any. But um, 
I guess people might say like Metallica and Lou Reed, Lulu, but I fucking love that album so much. Like, I love it to death. Oh, you, I bought you, it on vinyl. You against, you against the, the status quo there. I know, I know. You, you never would have thought it, eh? Like, I'm normally the <laughs> But uh, I went and bought it, and I remember when I went into the, the record store, and um, it had been up there for like a year and a half, and I was like, look, man, I'm buying it. I've been seeing it for a full year and a half and he's like, I'm glad you're buying it because no one else will buy this record and I want to get rid of it. And I'm like, well, I want it in my room. And he's like, well, it's yours. So I bought it and I'm very happy with the purchase. I'm looking at it right now. It's fucking amazing. But the album art is amazing, but a lot of people say that that album is shit. So, you know. <laughs> okay. I'll take you. I'll take your word for it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Should we finish there? I feel I feel like uh, there's nothing there. Uh, unless you have like good album artwork you want to shout out, because I feel like I'm, that's what I'm trying to do right now. <laughs> and the one thing, if you know any cheap way for me to hang my vinyl on my wall, then DM me because I'm struggling. Hit up um hit up Hesse. Like that's why I got my oh, shit. Like it, I just I mean I had a lo- I had a dude from the UK like he 3D prints stuff. Um, so he like 3D prints just like little uh, little little uh, pedestals for your artwork, seen, and then I've like seen he's the same just, uh, one. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I don't know if there's an Australian equivalent. I'm sure there is. I'm sure there's someone with a 3D printer about, like you know, just to do something. But um, but yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that I'm sure that there's a lot of options on Etsy. I guarantee that. Um, probably not Australia based, but there's some good stuff there. At least at least some ideas if you want to if you want to do it DIY. Yeah, but, I could do a DIY. Um, I could buy some. Yeah, wood. just grab just grab some you know grab some wood, do some cutting. You know what I mean, just yeah, you can. Yeah, I think you do something there. I guess I could always like when I fuck the wall up, I could repaint it when we have to oh, leave. I'm glad you put up in that sentence, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, that split second. I was worried. Charlie, I was like, where are you going with this? Where, bro, what is with like, your mind today? Like, like micro penises. That's not how you hang artwork, bro. Fucking walls. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Is it your birthday soon? I'm gonna have to buy you like a Pornhub subscription or something just to allow you not to bring that energy onto the pod, but you brought it. <laughs> hey man, the Eatbox Coalition um, needs to be heard. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to. I remember I was at this party once, and uh, I we'll came in late. Note just for just for. This. I came in late on this conversation. If you're if you're under the age of eighteen, close your ears now. And oh, get over yourself. My friends were like looking at my friend with incredulity, and apparently he had confidently proclaimed that no one actually enjoys eating box. No one actually enjoys it. They just do it because they have to. He's the DJ Carlet of our our friendship group. But he said it with his chest, man. He said it with his whole chest, like he was like saying this untold truth that we were all going to... And we all were like, wait, what? You don't do that? And then... Such a self-report. That was a rough one for him. He still hasn't lived that down because that was over a decade ago. And I'm I'm still... Yeah, man. Uber stank L. Get it? All right. That was... Ladies and gentlemen, from the 5th End Podcast Network. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's been digging digits. I hope you've enjoyed this episode on that horrible joke. I am Charlie Taylor, the fifth element. I'm so sorry. I feel like Ben right now. I feel like, I feel like you should have done that. What? That's not me. 
That's not me. Mine are, my jokes are cultured and intellectually based. <laughs> Fuck you now. Cultured. Okay. Okay. Um, recite recite the recite the hook of thought shit in your uh, in your in your <laughs> accent. I mean yeah, I was exactly. I recite body. body body. Yeah. <laughs> don't put a two <laughs> Alright, I have been Ben Carter of Hip Hop Numbers. This has been the loosest podcast we've done it's in a while. I love joy, it. Man. I'm here for it. <laughs> this is so loose. Jesus Christ, I'm just going about it. Just shooting shit at this point. I uh, hope you enjoy this episode. <laughs> Wait, I've already said that. I uh, hope you all have a good week. Uh, we shall always try and do the same. But until the next time where we should probably tighten up. Uh, <laughs> take it easy. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> all right, peace. Digging <laughs> <laughs> in the Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show is edited by me. Music for the show is piece of video games by bonus points. Thanks to Joe Prex for the use. Socials for the fifth element, hip hop by numbers, bonus points, and chill records being the full show notes for every listening. This has been a fifth element podcast era production. Thanks for spending time with us. We shall see you next time. I'll dig in in the digits. <laughs> <laughs>